0: Welcome to Men Alive, a biblical journey to help us conform to the image of Jesus Christ. I'm your host, Paul Esterbrook. Our teacher is my longtime friend, Dr. Jim Cunningham, consultant in adult education, director of Go Teach Global, and author of the book Men Alive.
1: Pablo, can you imagine living in a world without electricity?
0: <laughs> it would sure be darker.
1: Think about it, men biblical times, people lived their entire life without electricity. The Garden of Eden did not have light bulbs. Noah's Ark was built without a power saw. The Tower of Babel and the Egyptian pyramids were built by engineers without computers. News of King Solomon's wisdom reached the Queen of Sheba without the internet. Jesus worked in a carpenter shop in Nazareth for years without power tools, and the early church grew without electric guitars and loudspeakers. How? The ones that saw Jesus alive after he rose from the dead were called martis. In Greek, that means witness. They just gossiped the news that Christ was alive and told everyone they met, and the church grew in number. No TV, no radio, and no electricity. As each witness died, people acknowledged the loss of another martyr. Eventually, in the English language, we began calling people who died for sharing their faith a martyr, a witness unto death. The good news of Jesus Christ's death and resurrection from the dead spread throughout the Roman Empire, across Europe and to the Americas, Africa and Asia, by word of mouth, without one spark of electricity. Electricity was not discovered until the mid-1800s. It astonishes my mind to think of life without electricity. What did people do for light at night? A fire? A candle? An oil lamp? Most men would have gone to bed when it was dark and awakened at the first rays of sunlight. Think about the realities of what happened in history without electricity. Men lived, married, raised children, grew crops, fought wars, and died under the cycle of seasons and weather. Springtime you planted, and in the fall you harvested. All were equal. No one had electricity. No wind turbines, no generators. It was not back to nature. It was nature, in the rawest sense of the phrase. Consider how lack of electricity affected sailing. The earliest sailings recorded in the Bible was Noah's Ark. The Ark had no electricity, just one big box over 100 meters long. No power to move it. It just sat there until the flood began and it floated to save eight people and animals representing all species that exist today. Then later came boats with oars, still no electricity. We call them rowboats today. The Phoenicians traversed the Mediterranean Sea to trade back and forth when Solomon reigned as king of Israel. There are numerous terms and stories in the Bible connected to ships. Jonah fled from God in a boat. Jesus was in a storm in a boat with his disciples on the Sea of Galilee. And the Apostle Paul endured a storm on the Mediterranean Sea in a ship loaded with 276 people plus cargo. That gives new meaning to cramped quarters. The first boats built to sail on the open ocean were powered by human muscle, often slaves using oars, until someone added sails and used wind as a supplement. Keep in mind that Christopher Columbus came to the Americas in 1492 in three little wooden sailboats. That journey occurred a brief 500 plus years ago. The steam engine did not make its appearance in the commercial manner until it was improved significantly by James Watt in the 1700s. All of that to say, men, the first few thousand years of human history were lived without steam engines, boilers, motors, pumps, turbines, and electricity.
0: Jim, every man listening to this radio program, whether on Transworld Radio's satellite station in Swaziland, South Africa, a radio station in North America, or a podcast like Buzzsprout, is using electricity to hear us. Agreed, Pablo.
1: We are doubly blessed as Christians to have access to electricity and radio to share the good news. Radio is a powerful tool for communication. That's one reason why you and I do this Men Alive program on radio. According to Mr. Google, radio is currently accessible to and listened to by 75% of the world's population. That means over 5 billion people have access to listen to radio. People listen to radio in their cars, in their homes, in prisons, in fields while working, and all can hear our voices aided by this amazing thing we call electricity. Before electricity, it was hard to imagine how Matthew 24, 9-14 would be fulfilled It says, Then you will be handed over to be persecuted and put to death, and you will be hated by all nations because of me. At that time, many will turn away from the faith and will betray and hate each other, and many false prophets will appear and deceive many people. Because of the increase of wickedness, the love of most will grow cold, but the one who stands firm to the end will be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached to the whole world as a testimony to all nations, and then the end will come. Whether it's by radio, or podcasts, or internet, or television, we are assured in Scripture that the good news of Jesus Christ coming to earth as our Redeemer, dying for our sins, and being raised from the dead by God the Father is good news. This good news will be preached to the whole world as a testimony to all nations,
0: and then the end will come. You are listening to Men Alive with Dr. Jim Cunningham. Contact us at menaliveuntogod at gmail.com.
1: It's time for a story, Pablo, of our first visit to a radio station in Habarovsk in Russia's eastern Siberia back in 1990. Twenty years earlier, in the 1970s, you were working as a radio programmer-administrator with Far East Broadcasting Company known as FEBC in Manila, Philippines, which included broadcasting Christian programs into China and the former Soviet Union. Tell us that story, Pablo.
0: In those days, the atheistic communist government in Russia, or the Soviet Union as it was called, was determined to stop all religious meetings and communications, in fact, any worship of Jesus Christ. They even went so far as to say that anyone who believed that Jesus of Nazareth was raised from the dead was mentally ill and needed to be placed in a psychiatric institution and given special drugs to cleanse their minds of this foolishness. The drugs turned the person into a zombie-like personality, easy to be controlled as a slave worker for the state. But many listened faithfully to the radio and made handwritten copies of the Bible to share with others. Russian authorities were upset with Christians in the West doing this, so they built a 50,000-watt radio station in Habarovsk for one main reason to jam the radio frequencies of FEBC and prevent the Christian radio programs from reaching Russian listeners in the area. Fast forward to 1985. Mikhail Gorbachev introduced glasnost and perestroika, whereby the Soviet Union slowly opened to more liberal views of economic development and more religious freedom. The radio jamming transmitter in Habarovsk went silent. By the end of 1990, the Union of Soviet Socialist Republics dissolved into 15 individual countries, from Latvia through Ukraine to Kazakhstan.
1: As I recall, Pablo, when you and I visited that same radio station in the early 1990s, we discovered that the Russian government had sold it to a Western buyer for a very low price.
0: Right. And that same buyer, which happened to be FEBC Radio, changed the radio station's transmitters from jamming incoming programs from Manila to broadcasting Christian programs in Russian across the 11 time zones of the former Soviet Union. Especially at night, it could be heard clearly throughout Siberia and even in parts of the former Western Soviet republics of Latvia, Lithuania, and Estonia. It's an example of the Genesis 50 story where Joseph said to his brothers, You meant it for evil, but God meant it for good.
1: Great story, Pablo. I'm amazed at how many times in the Bible there's a story of a military battle or action that took place in the night without electricity. Gideon's 300 men had trumpets and placed fire torch in each lamp. At the signal, they broke their lamps, blew the trumpets, and confusion reigned among the enemy, causing them to kill each other. Fighting in the dark requires skill, training, and obedience. It's my turn to tell a quick story. Thorold Marsaw is a retired lieutenant colonel of the Queen's Own Rifles Light Infantry Battalion. Because of his loud, deep voice, his nickname was Boom or Boomer. When Colonel Boom retired, he went to seminary and began a 25-year ministry as a Baptist pastor. His first assignment was starting a new church near Toronto, Ontario, Canada. Like Joshua, Thorold walked around the neighborhood claiming each home for Jesus Christ. Soon he had over 200 members in his church. On one visit, he told me, Jim, I used to be the commanding officer of a battalion. On a cold, moonlit, damp night, I would survey from a ridge overlooking a swamp at one o'clock in the morning. I would speak into my mobile phone and I would say, this is Boomer, move out. And 1,000 men would immediately walk into waist-deep water and crawl through that muddy swamp to the other side. Then he added, Now I stand in the pulpit on Sunday morning and I say, We need one volunteer to help with children in the nursery. No one moves. Obedience is different with volunteers. I think of Thorold when I read stories in the Bible where an army marched all night in the dark to surprise and defeat an enemy. Listen to what Jesus said in John three eighteen to 20 There is no judgment against anyone who believes in him, but anyone who does not believe in him has already been judged for not believing in God's one and only Son. And the judgment is based on this fact. God's light came into the world, but people loved the darkness more than the light, for their actions were evil. All who do evil hate the light and refuse to go near it for fear their sins will be exposed. People who have never had electricity may cope much easier when the lights go out than we who are totally dependent on electricity to survive our daily routines. The Bible says you are the light of the world. Like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden, no one lights a lamp and puts it under a bushel or a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see, so that everyone will praise your Heavenly Father.
0: There you have it, men. The psalmist said, Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. We can live without electricity. We cannot live without without Jesus Christ, who is the light of the world. Send us an email at menaliveintogod at gmail.com while we still have electricity. Until next time, I'm Paul Estabrooks on behalf of Dr. Jim Cunningham, encouraging you to become Men Alive, transformed into the image of Jesus Christ.